1: The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Tuesday, the eighteenth of April. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk. Coming up, machetes and so-called zombie knives could be outlawed in England and Wales, and a government plans to be announced today. Meanwhile, Rishi Sunak is facing an investigation over claims that he failed to declare his wife's shares in a childcare agency that could benefit from a policy announced in the budget. And energy suppliers have agreed to ban on forcibly installing prepay meters in the homes of customers over eighty-five. But it's fine to do it in the customer of an 84-year-old. 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Breakfast. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. A lot to talk about today. A lot of stories uh, on the crime side. Uh, A lot uh, on uh, the, I suppose, just the sort of government tinkering side of things as well. Joining me for all the chat this morning, Candice Holdsworth, who's a writer and commentator. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, I'm (laughs) going to look at this from a mum perspective here. You and I both being mums is... um, How come machetes and zombie knives aren't already banned? I mean, unless you are actually trying to make your way through a jungle... I'm not entirely sure that owning a machete is particularly necessary.
0: Yes, you're so right. This has been around for a long time. And I remember seven years ago when I was working as a reporter, they were talking about this and police policemen wanted to get rid of them on the street, so it's taken a very, very, very long time. I mean these zombie knives, they look like something out of a sci-fi film. I mean yeah. there's just no way you see someone changes don't you? Them. Some some
1: sort of like sort of you know, a sort of five foot tall young lad has got a knife basically as big as himself and he sort of pulls it out of his his massive trousers and you know, wields it around. I mean, you can damage yourself using one of those things. No one's got any business carrying these things. But the thing is, we've had laws, I mean, again, as a reporter, so many times I've written about crackdown on knife crime, crackdown on this and that. Um, it never seems to work. Um, one good thing is that people are using knives rather than guns. You've got a better chance of surviving yes. uh, from a knife than a gun. I mean, less likely to, you know, guns being, you know, what we see these awful stories coming out of America every mm. single week. But... Um, it, it's, it's the fact that these aren't already banned, I think, is what
0: blows people's minds. Yes, it is. I think this is so much of what goes on on the streets, things that it would seem to be common sense, that you would think that would be just taken care of, but they're not. And this is why knife crime is on the rise, although other people have pointed to things like stop and search. But I think if you can take these deadly knives off the streets that cause terrible damage mm-hmm. and just terrorise people... Fact, There's that... no reason for... Well, this is a because in 2016, zombie knives were made
1: illegal, but they're the ones with the double... Rated Edge. Um, they're currently banned only if they carry images or words that suggest it is to be used for the purpose of violence. I mean, this, I'm, I'm, there are probably some people who need to have a machete. Could, could you text or tweet in if you need to have a machete for your work? There'll be, but maybe those people could you know, carry a bit of a licence or something to, okay, I, I need this for my work. They're, they're some sort of gardening work, I'm assuming. Some some sort of agricultural work. But as a general rule, if you live in a city, you ain't got any business carrying a machete. Or if you, certainly if you're 15, you definitely don't. No. Um, what is your job? <laughs> you know, if you're, you're packing shelves at, at the supermarket, you don't need a machete.
0: Um mm-hmm. I think, does this always sort of feel like, you know, basically you know, shutting the stable door after the horse has bolted? Oh, it absolutely has. I mean, for me, machetes, I just associate them with violence. I don't know yeah. anyone who even needs it for work purposes. Have no. a, I do live in the city. I mean, I get maybe in the countryside, people do need them more to cut thick foliage and but things it, oh, like yes, that. It's
1: everybody walking around. <laughs> They're not tucked into their jeans, they don't. But well, no, this comes after, I mean, and we see these stories again and again. And I'm amazed that in another. In another time, this story would be the front page story of every single newspaper. This is a teenage boy. He's 15 years old. His name's Leighton Ames. He's been named by a judge in deliberately in effort. The whole way through the court case, he was not allowed to be named by the by the media. And he's been named by the judge as an, as an, in an effort to deter young people from carrying knives. But his 15-year-old boasted after stabbing another schoolboy to death, a 14-year-old to death. He boasted, I've whetted your boy at a gang. After knifing Thomas Olasech deep in his chest as he walked through a park in Gateshead in Tyne-on-Weir, he denied murder, claiming he didn't know he'd stabbed Thomas with a serrated kitchen knife and slashed another youth's coat after being attacked by the group. This was in October last year. It was an eight centimetre deep wound to the little boy's chest, um, little boy, 15-year-old, 14-year-old boys, and he died the following day. The jury, though, found Amy's guilty of murder. And attempting to cause GBH to another boy whose coat was slashed. Um, I mean, you know, I I didn't know I'd stabbed somebody. I mean, I don't know. I'm always accidentally going around stabbing people in the chest. But this is the thing. If you have a weapon like this, you know, there's one thing boys having a punch up and things can go wrong and people can die. But 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 carrying knives like this... You know that's that is how that is how these awful events happen, and children's lives. These are children; their lives are needlessly ruined. The child who who was murdered and the child who did the murdering. Now he's been he's been pictured, you know, baby-faced. People are describing him as, um, it's absolutely terrifying that these a feral children. Let's be honest. I mean, children without any grasp of normal behaviour, morality and right and wrong, something's gone horribly wrong um, but but also they're allowing them to have the means by which they can harm each other so badly
0: Yes, what was so shocking about that story was how cold and callous he was about it you know, he, he bragged about it almost I've wetted your boy um, and you're right, what sort of home does he come from? What sort of background does he come from? And yeah. maybe in those communities this sort of behaviour is more normalised yeah. but it is true that us as, as a society we fail to become shocked by these things now oh, yeah. we're totally desensitized we're so used to it you know and it's sort of kind of what's going on over there and occasionally a story like this will emerge and we'll all be so appalled by yeah. it but actually something does need to be done about it yeah. i mean many people have said it's all about yeah tougher um laws on weapons it's also about sentencing it's a lot of things that yeah. can be done but the key thing is <laughs> i say
1: we're i see stories about guns uh, you know shootings at schools in america in fact schools okay i'll pay a bit of attention is at the school as a general rule though oh it's just just, that's just what happens in America. but we, we are like that about knife crime now. Um, certainly I live in, I live in a nice part of London but um, um, but if it, is, it is routine that there are there are knifings, there, is, there are stabbings, there are deaths you know very close certainly within walking distance of my area and that is just normalized we've just accepted that we'll just have a whole
0: bunch of young people who go around killing each other and and that's okay yeah you're right people are so judgmental of the u.s for not um, passing gun laws which i think they should mm. but it's so true we should look at ourselves as well and what we've normalized because yeah. a stabbing can be just as deadly yeah it absolutely can and it's going on in poorer neighborhoods as well people who are oh, really uh, affected by it oh
1: completely if it if if it was going on in the neighbourhoods where the uh, you know where the MPs lived, it it, it would be stopped. It it's would be. I've always said, so you know, if true. it was it was kids like my daughter who were who were you know routinely getting stabbed on the way home from school, um, someone would do something about it. You know, but white middle class girls matter. Um, you know, the, the, this happens to be white working class boys, but white working class white or black or black working class boys. Don't matter. And and that's that's the awful truth in terms of how how we cover. Again, the fact that this 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 lad has been named, the fact that it's not front page news everywhere tells you everything. Um, And we're going to talk to a government minister, Home Office Minister, about the machete and so-called zombie knives uh, being outlawed a little bit later. I want to hear from you, though, this morning. What would you do to stop? teen knife crime. I want to hear from you. What would you do? Tweet me at TalkTV, text the word talk to 8722. Uh, Meanwhile, let's talk about um, uh, off and energy suppliers. They've agreed a ban on forcibly installing prepayment meters in the homes of customers over 85. Big outcry uh, some months ago about uh, elderly people and vulnerable people, people with disabled children, having their to all intents and purposes, having their electricity and gas cut off uh, because they couldn't afford to, to, um, to pay. So they were falling behind. They had a free, pre-paid meter basically um, forcibly installed against their will. In some cases, them actually breaking into the home while they're out to, to put it in, uh, which means if you haven't got the money, you can't have the lights on or the heating on. Uh, middle of winter. Um, look, there's no doubt at all, there are people who could afford to pay their bills, who could cut and scrimp, and even in the times we are in now, millions of people are somehow managing to do that. Um, uh, but there are people who can afford to do it and aren't doing it. Now, the rest of us shouldn't actually have to uh, pay for those people, particularly the poorest who are actually, you know, trying to cut their cloth and going without other things so they can afford to pay those bills. Um, we, we need these companies need to, be able to take some action against people who are just who are choosing not to pay, can't pay rather than, you know, won't pay rather than can't pay. Sorry. But but is it enough just to stop the forcible installation of prepayment meters in the homes of customers? over 85. Is it okay to do it in an 83 or 84 year
0: old's home? Yes, you're so right. The, you know, do you just cut the, the line off there? I think one of the criticisms a few years ago with the whole scandal around prepaid metres was also that the magistrates were making mass decisions yeah. on these delinquent bills. You know, They weren't looking at things on a case by case basis so now the, the um, Ofgem has said to the, the electricity companies, you need to go to the home and you need to do welfare checks and you need to assess, assessment, yeah. assess what the situation is here before you do you, you you decide to go down the legal route, and so that seems more sensible.
1: Yeah, and, and wearing body uh, cameras and the like, so they, they can record that conversation. And actually, uh, I think they had ten different attempts to make contact with these people. But again, as we know, a lot of people who aren't paying their bills, that people they won't open the letters, they don't take the phone calls. Yeah. Uh, we won't, they won't answer the door to people. I mean, there is an issue. We need the bills paid. I mean, we do, we but do. there'll be people who are just in a position where they simply cannot afford to pay the bills. They're in crisis. Something's gone yes. horribly wrong. And there yeah. are people who need the. We know, you know. I don't, think, I don't think that an 85-year-old desperately needs to have the heating and lighting on in a way that an 84-year-old doesn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, I think that I, you just have to draw a line somewhere. Maybe, it, maybe that is I'm too harsh a line. Maybe, would yes. be a More appropriate. Maybe it line. needs to move down to that sort of age. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you say, you know, sometimes people are in crisis. They become completely overwhelmed. They just ignore the bills because it's too stressful and they don't cope with it. So that's why you do need to go there, talk to them, say, yeah. actually, we can sort this out. We can resolve this situation. Just help mm-hmm. them manage it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, it it is incredible what organisations like Citizens Advice and other completely free money advice services actually do. They will deal with all those bills. They will get you on a payment plan. But you need to make the contract. Ignoring the letters doesn't work. Um, Lots more to talk about. We'll look at all the front pages of the Candice. Lots of top guests coming as well. This is Talk Breakfast. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio.